0: Hello, hello. Today I'd like to talk about regenerative farming and what that means for our planet as a species, for all humans, for all animals, and for all beings living with us here today. So let's get started. Today we want to cover some basics in regenerative farming, and we're kind of rolling without an agenda here, but I think it's really important to start Um, mostly because there's a lot to say and a lot, a lot of, uh, things that we need to cover and there's not a lot of time. So that's kind of the major factor here in why we started this podcast and where we'd like to go with it. Um, we're looking to have conversations with incredible humans who are definitely, on board with regenerative farming and biodynamic farming and i'll get into what those both mean individually Um, but also we want to discuss what it means to uh, deal with one of the major tipping points and that is land erosion and desertification desertification is one of the biggest problems facing humanity today Uh, two-thirds or even more now of arable land are being uh, kind of surrendered to desertification. And what that means is basically that the deserts that exist today are expanding at a rate that is faster uh, than than that of regeneration. So rather than uh, regenerating, we're actually degenerating. And that's arable land, meaning the land that we have, to potentially grow food on, uh, which should be of major interest to all humanity, because of course, we we certainly need food more than more than we need a lot of other things. I mean, certainly we need air, we need oxygen, that's really important, of course. So what gives us air trees, that's great. So trees provide the oxygen, uh, coral reefs provide the oxygen in the world. Um, and, and we need oxygen. So that's really important. Of course, we need clean oxygen. Um, secondly, we need water, uh, fresh water. And the majority of the world is salt water. So considering that the majority of the world is salt water, we ought to be thinking about how we are going to preserve all of our fresh water. Another one of our human needs, these are all basic needs, of course, is food and not just any type of food, but healthy, nutritious food. What that means is that we need microbially nutrient-rich foods served every day for three meals a day. We need to be eating these types of food. Now, the disconnect that the world suffers uh, is that they don't really know where their food is coming from, and they also don't know how to grow it themselves, which is really, really a detriment to humanity. Just a hundred years ago, um, our population was just in the 2 billion to 3 billion mark. And 90% of the population knew either how to grow their own food, garden, or actually uh, feed themselves off of the land. And that was based on past inheritance. So, you know, their, their grandfathers and their great-grandfathers kind of passed on these skills and just in the last 100 years i use 100 years as a good basis because it gives us a, a strong kind of pinpointed time as to when we started to fuck everything up so just 100 years ago more than 90 percent of humans knew how to garden and grow their own food and actually you know um make their own food and cook, cook that food. Today, less than 2% of the world knows how to cultivate and grow and uh, make their own food, whether that be, you know, hunted game or um, growing their own food through, you know, uh, backyard diet, what I call the backyard diet, which essentially was the healthiest diet in the world, until humans started relying on the system and so that's quite the disparity in what it what it means to know how to grow food and how to uh, be a gardener right so we're located in ontario and a part of being located here is in canada that we have you know not a huge season we don't have 12 months of the year to grow food and so we have you know, if we have greenhouses that can extend our growing season, you know, we've got a a good nine months, and maybe 10 with certain types of greens and certain veggies that we can grow uh, into the extensions of the of the year, that would be early spring and, and late fall extensions. So really, and truly, being in Canada, we have kind of not the greatest microclimate, but we can grow a vast majority of our own food. And This is very important because it allows for food sovereignty. It allows for us to have autonomy over what we are eating, what we decide to grow. And it also gives us an opportunity to capitalize on that. So we can actually make money selling vegetables. And there's a lot of things that would go into that because we're not a, we are a for-profit business, but we are not by any means, Um, looking to become multi-billionaires doing this because let's face it big food is the multi-billionaire in the farming industry but big food has done a great job at destroying what food actually is the conception of food through heavy marketing and through highly processed foods so Farming today, the idea of farming is what we look at as monoculture crop growing, and that is basically what has caused the biggest detrimental decline in human health and also in the soil's microbiome. This monoculture type of growing has made it so we've become so dependent on chemicals and we've become so dependent whether that be pesticides herbicides fungicides and then chemical fertilizers that we've actually destroyed the microbiome of the soil so some of the topics we're going to look at deeply in our podcast are soil regeneration because it's really important to understand the connection in between soil and the food that we are eating because if you have healthy soil then you have healthy food. And then what does that equal? That equals healthy humans. And so that is completely correlated, interconnected, and certainly one of the most pressing issues for humanity because like we need to eat, right? That's super, super important. Now, this is just one of the t- the subjects that we're going to be talking about. Um, regenerative agriculture and biodynamic farming, they go hand in hand. A part of those two are holistic management. So regenerative agriculture being regenerating agriculture. So agriculture that is regenerative in its nature. So that is a huge part of that is using animals that can graze the land and heal the land and then using human intervention, using holistic management practices, meaning so properly um, planned or strategically planned uh, grazing patterns that would move animals from one paddock to another paddock to another paddock in a strategic motion, and then leaving those paddocks to rest for a year or two without seeing more animal intervention. But We have to come back to this because we've degenerated a lot of the soils on earth. So there's many ways that we've done that. Some of the ways that I'm going to kind of emphasize on here, because we don't have that much space to grow anymore. We have obviously a massive rock that we live on. Earth is a massive, massive place, but a lot of it is water. The arable land we have, two-thirds of it is a desert well, I guess you can't grow food in a desert. Now, we have, let's say, one-third left of that arable land to grow food on, and we're actually creating more deserts within it. And how so? How could you say that if two-thirds of the world is desertified and that one-third we have left, how could we be desertifying it when we need to be as conscious as possible about managing that land. Because of course we have, we're going on 8 billion humans here and we need to find a way to feed everybody some healthy whole foods. Now, one of those things is we actually are creating food deserts um, where we could have food forests and polyculture uh, market gardens that can provide local food to humans in every locality. But rather, in Canada especially, and in the United States, here in North America, uh, we grow a lot of corn and soybeans, which are inedible crops, even for the animals that are consuming the corn and soybeans. So it's really important that we're gonna emphasize on desertification through monoculture, corn and soy and wheat, Being genetically modified, so these are all GMO crops, and they are food deserts. They solely are used for feeding animals in terms of the the corn and the soy. They feed the animals that are in feedlots. And a lot of those animals, so we we slaughter about you know upwards from 50 billion to 70 billion, respectively in terms of the animals, we're killing about that many per year, every single year, and those animals all have mouths and we have to feed them. So even Canada still subsidizes corn and soybeans. And and those are crops that, you know, you grow corn one year and you grow soy the next year. That's called successional uh, cropping or or successional uh, or rotational uh, cropping. That is a detriment to humanity because we can't eat the corn and we can't eat the soy they're, And they're also chemical based. So they're highly sprayed with pesticides and those pesticides or herbicides. Uh, one of the famous ones is glyphosate. Now, a lot of people may have heard of glyphosate or what that means. It's basically Roundup, the stuff that you spray on your lawns and glyphosate is notoriously been linked to the decline in bee populations, honeybees, especially. We, we really have emphasized on the, the uh, decline in bee populations. And I've talked to a lot of beekeepers and I've talked to a lot of different farmers. And a lot of beekeepers are suffering because those bees are heavily used to, to pollinate those monoculture crops. So all the crops that need pollination, um, you know, any, basically any vegetable or fruit that flowers requires that pollination. And the emphasis has been put on honeybees specifically, because we can kind of uh, we've domesticated them, but we can kind of take uh, some real numbers on losses and understand what we're losing those uh, insects, uh, how we're losing those insects and, and uh, what's really affecting. So what would be called colony collapse disorder, uh, CCD for short now. I used to take care of bees, and when I did that, um, I had a clear understanding that, especially in the bee community, that glyphosate uh, is a neonicotinoid uh, pesticide or or, uh, herbicide that is systemically fighting the corn worm. There's two types of worms that affect corn, the corn root worm and the corn boar worm. And now what we've done in, in our modern agriculture system of monoculture growing, meaning we only grow uh, one singular crop in an entire field um, is we, we've gotten so used to, uh, and I guess more dependent is a better word on chemical fertilizer and chemical pesticides, herbicides and fungicides. Those things have made us so dependent that it's basically like we have become as dependent as a heroin addict would be, uh, you know, dependent on on heroin, which sounds kind of extreme, but it's really not. I mean, in in the comparison world, uh, they're very, very similar in in the context of being so dependent on those inputs because we need yield. So measuring your yield, based on the need for fertilization is a really poor way of measuring, you know, or having that as a metric that you're going to use to profit. And and so corn farmers and, and soy farmers today in Canada, they've already, they've already been paid at the beginning of the season. They they're subsidized by the government. So they, they don't even need to worry if their crop fails, they're still making money, but a problem with the way this type of monoculture growing, uh, a big problem about it is that not only are we tilling the soil, we're, we're using these chemical fertilizers and then tilling tilling it into the, into the soil that exists. Now, that soil is what I would call a food desert because you can't grow anything in there that is healthy. Anything that comes out of that soil is chemical laden. It's basically completely devoid of all nutrients. And that's problematic because if it's devoid of its nutrients, then it's also devoid of its microbiological life. The soil has its own microbiome, and within that live millions of organisms. They're tiny, from microorganisms to macroorganisms to anthropods to gastropods. We have an abundance of life living underneath our feet. In the soil lives so many organisms that are constantly working all day, all night to make soil healthier for us. Not just for us, for themselves. That's their natural job. So I think humans have lost their way from what would have been 100 years ago in knowing what gardening meant and not using any fertilizers or chemicals, which were only introduced after the first world war and then heavily after the second world war, because those exact same companies who were controlling the chemical factories basically just pivoted. Like when you have a breakdown in your life, right? You have a breakdown, you've just lost your job. Well, what have you got to do? You've got to pivot somehow. Right. And so in terms of pivoting, you know, that, that's, like crucial. You need to do that for your sanity, for your health, for your uh, for your pocket, for your bottom line. You need to pivot. Super important, right? Now, consider that those chemical factories, basically what they've done is they've pivoted. And in the worst of ways, they pivoted into fertilizer companies who are selling chemical fertilizers, what we know as chemical fertilizers today. Now, chemical fertilizers have been only introduced in the last, I'm going to use hundred years. Cause that's, that's an easy gauge here. Cause we're talking about, you know, 1921, that's a good, good ballpark number. So just for some reference here, after we started spraying all these chemicals and all these, uh, and using fertilizers, we've basically destroyed the microbiome and the microorganisms that are living in the soil. For this incredible need to grow corn and soy so that we can do one of two things one is to feed all of the animals that are all on the same diet so we're talking about cows goats sheep chickens ducks pigs you name it any animal that is used on a commercial farm or on an industrial complex type farm is being fed the same thing, corn and grain. Well, we know it's crane, grain. It would be corn that's like dent dent number two, or number two dent corn. Um, it is the most toxic substance known to humanity, not only because it destroys the animal's gut gut biome, because those animals get sick by consuming something that they shouldn't be consuming, so those animals then are sick. And then those animals that are sick are being blasted with different types of vaccines. Another thing we're going to talk about heavily in our, our podcast here is because it is called Plant Powered Life. We want to, we're not anti-meat or anti-animal protein here uh, or animal foods, I'd like to say, because I don't want to shift the, the focus on animal protein, but more so animal foods. But we are pro-vegetables. We are pro-plants and we are pro pro prebiotics and probiotics, right? So these are the substances that we need in our lives to sustain life. But here we have a system that has been so reliant on corn and soy to feed this 50 to 70 billion land animals that we're culling every single year, just for animal protein levels um, that would not even compare considering that we need to feed humans more than just protein. We need an array of, we have about 17 trace elements that we need to be eating and consuming, and the only way to obtain all of them is through heavy plant eating. And so here we sit today, trying to understand what we're going to make sense of in the sense of where's the world going? Where is the farming industry going? How are we going to revolutionize farming and evolve farming as it is today to make it pivot so that it starts to regenerate rather than degenerate soil? How do we start weaning off of corn and soy? Because we're acting like heroin addicts in the worst time possible. Only in 100 years have we done the damage that we've done. So we need to fast track and we really need to focus our energy on expanding the consciousness of all humans so that we together can come up with the right solutions and we can think about ideas that can save our planet. Now that sounds optimistic and a part of manifestation is that us as humans, we have one of two choices. You can either manifest the end of the world as you know it, or you can manifest the new world, or the world that we need to evolve into. So if anyone believes in evolution theory, or Darwinian theory, or just any notion that humans have to evolve, Right. We've come this far just a hundred years ago. We didn't have fridges. We didn't have cars. You know, the first few cars had just come out. Right. Um, we, We really didn't have the same understanding as we do today. Right. There was a time where it would take 10 years for the next major technological update. Today, we're having a major technological update every eight to eight months to a year. That is an incredible pace. Now that means that if we use technology, we use all of our powers, we can really capitalize on what it means to understand subjects that we're gonna be covering in our podcast um, and those being regenerative and biodynamic farming. Um, We're gonna talk about holistic management and what that means using animals, um, how to make, Jobs, how to create jobs using these practices and employing millions and millions of people to get empowered and change the paradigm of growing corn and soy and spending all of our resources on growing corn and soybeans because we need jobs. One farmer cannot cultivate tens of thousands of hectares of corn and soybeans. We need more people involved on a local polyculture level and that will create more and more jobs there's plenty of work to be done in farming and it can be sexy it can be a beautiful thing and it most importantly can be profitable so that you can make a living you can find fulfillment and also you can find a better way of living because the nine to five grind will get tired for you You will want to change your life over and over and over again, until you find something meaningful. This can be a way for you to segue into something that is in line with nature in line with humanity in line with our planet. And most importantly, in line with value and being a values based individual. So there's some of the topics that we're going to cover here. And most importantly, our podcast is called Plant Powered Life. So we're going to be promoting what that means. So living a plant powered life and having a healthy microbiome. And what it's going to do is it's going to empower you to understand food, where it comes from, how we get it to the plate and everything to do with the farming aspect in organic and micro biologically rich foods. These are the types of foods we need to be consuming in order for us to be healthy and in order for the soil to be healthy, which in turn makes our planet healthy. So desertification, that is the, the bigger picture. Uh, tipping point that us as farmers are going to be able to contribute to because it's the only one that we're directly in line with and we can actually do something about it. And so I urge everybody to find their why and find their how. Find out why you want to save our planet and which way you can dedicate a why to. There are many tipping points that we can choose from, right? Like there's a major problem with garbage disposal, right? There's a lot of garbage in the oceans. There's one tipping point, right? So the icebergs are melting. There's not a lot we can do with that one. That one's kind of hard, right? We need a, we need a big, big uh, a push to understand how we can make ice shelves freeze again, right? Uh, there's many, many tipping points. So I urge everybody that's listening here to find the tipping point you're most connected with and find a way to contribute to that tipping point. Now, it's a, a massive effort. We're, we're, we're really putting in 10x the, the effort to save ourselves here because collapse doesn't mean, oh, the, the, the government is going to collapse and the world is going to collapse and, and the world as you know it will collapse. What real collapse means is that we won't have food on our tables. We won't have food. Well, you know, we can't live off of the food that a grocery store sells. Actually, we'd run out of food within 13 days here in in Toronto alone. The food terminal would be completely out of food. Then the grocery stores would be wiped of their shelving foods within less than two weeks. There would be no food left because everybody would start to hoard it. So instead of thinking about, you know, this radical end of the world concept, we need to radicalize saving our planet working on these tipping points and helping humanity strive for a better future for our kids and for seven generations ahead. This is the only way for us as humans to focus our energy and to shift the paradigm we live in into a paradigm that's in line with our values and is in line with humanity. This is the most important job for all humans today. I'm thanking you all for tuning in and More content will be coming to you. We're going to try and do something at least once a week. We're going to try and find some great people who are either in the industry of farming and biodynamic farming and regeneration of of soil and regenerative agriculture and holistic management, uh, even some vegans or plant powered humans, even uh, meat eaters, uh, people who are heavily involved in making this planet a better place. These are the people who we will be showcasing on our podcast in order for us to make a difference. And week to week, we'll be reporting on our progress and what we can do as humans. And yeah, hopefully this can be something that will make everybody reflect on what it is to be human and what it is to work together in a community to save our planet and to work for our, the seven generations ahead of us. Because the last seven generations behind us really, they kind of fucked it up, if you ask me. <laughs> so we have a lot of work here to do, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm really excited here and I'm really looking forward to chatting with you all. So if anybody knows of anyone who would like to be a part of what we're doing here, just Let them send me a message on this podcast and I'd love to have them. I'd love to understand their perspective and how we can collaborate on an initiative that works for all of us. Thanks again for tuning in and looking forward to bringing more content to you and to talking to some really incredible humans. Okay. Take care now. Bye-bye.